0: it's time to play like a jet with your host scott mason play like a jet what does that mean i made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the new york jets
1: rogers going for it all looking to bring it open he's got it lazard gonna to go touchdown rogers snaps it quick scrambles to his right pumps
0: it runs and Rodgers is inside the pylon allen has time Got it breaking away. Garrett Wilson, Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall! He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the
1: touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quentin Williams. What a beast! Number 95 for the Jets. Listen.
0: Thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet 1. And it is time to recap the Jets and the Cleveland Browns in the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game of the season, not just for the Jets, but for the NFL. And so, to do that with me, my friend, who of course covers the Jets for JetNation.com, where he's the editor, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up, brother? Happy Football Is Back Day.
1: I, listen, absolutely. Preseason Hall of Fame game. I don't care. It's NFL football. We're getting a why I, I, I never understand people who say I'm not watching. It's a bunch of backups and scrubs like yeah, but these are the guys who spent all season reading about wondering if they're good enough to make the team. And now this is the most you're going to get to watch them. I don't get it. I watched every snap and I'm just glad football's back.
0: Glenn, let's talk about it. No Aaron Rodgers in this game. Most of the starters didn't play. We did get to see Zach Wilson, though, so let's start there. Looked more poised than he had been the last time we saw him. Wouldn't take much. And he had that one awesome pass downfield, 57 yards to Malik Taylor, a play that was actually called by Aaron Rodgers, we found out after the game. So Wilson was 3 of 5, 65 yards, decent enough, but it was that one play that really stood out. And the fact that his pocket presence seemed to be improved. It's just a preseason game. He's not going up against any superstars, but it's a positive first step. So we'll take it.
1: Yeah, listen, you know, and, and the word you used is the word, you know, I said before the game, I tweeted out to ask Jets fans, what's the number one thing you're looking for? And, and I said, for me, it's poise. I want to see how he handles himself. I want to see if he has happy feet, if he bails on a pocket when there's no pressure, if he hangs in the pocket when there is pressure. And we saw all of that. So I know people get caught up and, oh, it's only preseason. Let's see if he does that in the regular. Listen, if you're bailing on pressure, you're going to do it in regular season, preseason, doesn't matter. That's, that's just your sort of natural reaction. Um, so the, the only disappointing thing is uh, – is the number of snaps that Zach Wilson played, you know, coming into it, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. I thought we'd see more than, you know, three for five for a guy who, you know, we, we keep hearing that this is the reset button and they've got to, they've got to fix him and see what he's got. I really thought this whole preseason preseason would be about getting him two or three quarters per game, five pass attempts, not what you want to see. However, we saw the poise. We saw him hang in the pocket when there was some pressure, um, only through one short screen, which he you know, completed with ease, which at the pro level shouldn't be a big deal. But if you're a fan of this team, you know that for Zach Wilson it is. So baby steps, like that's all I can ask for at this point is get the guy on the field and let's see some progress, and we saw that. And for those who don't want to see it, you know, I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too, Glenn, about Zach Wilson, that he didn't play as much as you would have expected. I thought he'd at least get the entire first half. He didn't. The other thing that really stood out to me in this game before we break down a couple of other things is how many penalties there were. It felt like there was a penalty after almost every play.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it really was ridiculous. Um, I was, you know, f- watching the game and following on Twitter, and I, th- I think I saw uh, Emory Hunt, a football game plan, nailed it. You know, he, sa- he said, "I swear these refs are getting paid by the flag," and it, it did feel that way. They were just a, an insane number of flags.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the rest of the offense. The offensive line struggled quite a bit, and Makai Bechton went out after only seven plays. Robert Sala had said beforehand it was going to be 25. He went out of his way in the postgame presser to say that this wasn't a big deal, but he did say that Makai Becton told him that his knee was feeling it. Beckton said after the game that he felt like this is going to be the new normal for him and he's just going to have to learn to deal with it. That he's going to have discomfort in that knee. Not really what you wanted to hear. You were hoping to see him be able to be out there for a while and show you that he could be on that knee and that it wasn't going to be a chronic problem. But this certainly seems like a setback regardless of whatever Robert Sala tries to say.
1: Yeah, it really felt like Salah was downplaying it and sort of going out of his way to make it sound, to minimize it as, as much as possible. Um, you know, he, he, he was even, you know, he just said, Makai communicated that he was feeling it. Like, he didn't want to just say, Makai told us his knee was bothering him, so we pulled him. You know, Makai communicated, he was communicating with the trainers, and he was feeling it, but it's okay. We're not worried. He went back in the game for field goal, which to me is a really weird thing, too. Like, if you're not, okay to play, you're not okay to play. It shouldn't be like, well, we're going to take you out of the game, but we're going to send you back out on field goal unit. Um, the, you know, The good thing was that Makai Becton didn't leave the field. He didn't go back to the locker room. He didn't come out in street clothes. Like He was on the sideline with his gear on. I uh, saw so him standing there late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it, it is concerning. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm someone who's been overly vocally supportive of Becton. Um, but for him to say, well, this is my new normal, and my knee's just going to hurt you know, a lot, it's like, well, h- how how often is this going to be a thing? Like, is the new normal? Does it mean that every every two or three practices you're going to need a day off? Like, how bad is this going to get? And um, it's concerning, you know. It's it's definitely it, as much as they want to downplay it. If we're, you know, what was it? They had two padded practices before he had to, had to sit out for a day. And that's only a few practices ago. And now he's seven snaps into a game and he's coming out. So hopefully it's just a matter of building up the strength and getting it to 100%. Because, you know, somebody made a really good point years ago. I was listening to, uh, I believe it was uh, Pat Kerwin on there, that moved the Chains show when I was still in the U.S. And I had that. And he was talking about, I think he was talking about J.J. Watt coming back from an injury. And J.J. Watt was saying, you know, I've, I've put myself through a lot of physical tests. And we've done this test and that test. And Kerwin just said, yeah. You know what test they don't have? Playing in an NFL football game. Like, that is the ultimate test. You can do all the twisting and bending and lifting and pushing and pressing. You can do all that stuff you want. But until you're getting hit in an NFL game, you don't know how your body's going to respond. And that's basically what Makai Becton's going through right now. So hopefully, gradually, you know, hopefully next week it's 20 snaps. And the week after that, it's 40 snaps. And the week after that, it's a full game. And uh, and he'll be ready to go when they need him. But it's uh, it's it's not the most encouraging development. Play like a jet. play
0: like a jet. last thing I noticed with the offense, Jason Brownlee caught two passes, looked good, even drew a penalty too. He was one of the guys that I think everybody was looking to see in this game. And even though he didn't get a ton of targets, he did well when the ball was thrown his way. There were a couple where he was targeted and the throw was just off. But the ones that were in his vicinity, the only one that he could have come down with was knocked away. It was a really good play by the defender. But you saw what you wanted to see, I think, from Jason Brownlee for the most part.
1: I, th- I think we're all guilty of sort of rooting for players a little harder than than others if it's a guy that we sort of loved before the draft process and wanted to land with the team. So that's kind of the case with Brownlee. Same with Izzy Abanacanda. I mentioned him as a guy that Jets should target. So the, I'm really watching those guys closely. Um, I'll, I'm, I'd have to watch the replay. I th- I, kn- I know the play you're talking about where it was broken up. I thought there was a play or two before that, too, where there was a catchable ball that he didn't come down with. It was contested, and it was knocked away. Um, So I had him down for a couple catches and a couple balls he didn't come down with. But either way, the guy moves really well. You saw in college some of the dynamic plays he made. He's made them through practice, and I thought, you know, all in all, for it being his first pro game, I think he did a really nice job, and, you know, I think – Anybody who's been paying attention to what's gone on through camp is going to be really surprised if this guy doesn't make the roster.
0: Defensively, Glenn, the player that stood out to me the most in a positive way is Will McDonald. Very explosive. On his first play in the game, he almost had a sack on Kellen Mond, and then he had a really nice run stop. Was getting held, it seemed, on almost every play. There was actually at least one penalty that was called where somebody was doing that. So, Will McDonald off to a really good start Just a preseason game And again, we talked about this not being the best competition Chaz Surratt had a really nice play An interception where he just read Kellen Mond's eyes Jamie and Sherwood flashed a little bit I thought he did pretty well Didn't like what I saw from Brandon Eccles. Couple of flags there, not great same thing, of course, with Bryce Hall. I know it was a questionable call. It looked like the receiver might have pushed off, but still not great when you're battling for a roster spot, getting called for a penalty. Glenn, what'd you think of what the Jets did on the defensive side of the ball? Anybody else that I missed that you thought stood out?
1: Uh, not anyone you missed, but I want to reiterate: is the uh, the Chaz Surratt? He's a guy, you know, of this of this linebacker group. We've talked about how they've got their couple starters, but really behind behind Mosley and Quincy Williams like there's a lot of guys with very little game experience um Sherwood we all expect to make the roster based on the way they approach the free agent market they didn't bring Quan Alexander back you have to believe that's because they like Sherwood I thought Sherwood showed tremendous improvement last year from his rookie year to last year and then we saw even more growth today so that was encouraging Surratt is a guy who I I liked at UNC um A lot of folks may not realize he was actually a a converted quarterback. Like, you know, right now we're watching Sherwood make the move from safety to linebacker. And, you know, same thing with Hamza Nasruddin. This is a guy who moved from quarterback to linebacker. So he was and he he played well at UNC had over 100 tackles his final season. And you kind of felt like he's going to need a couple years. And now he's had a couple years. Vikings drafted him, but he played well. Um, again, had a pick today, looked really smooth in his backpedal and, you know, read the quarterback's eyes, picked it off. So a really nice job for him. I thought Trey Dean had probably the quietest 15 tackle game I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, he had a he had a few. There were a few times I noticed him making a tackle, but I popped on and looked at the box score after the game and he had like eight total and seven solo. So 15 tackles for him, but again, he did that really quietly. Um, Javelin Guidry, we saw him appear. You know, He had a, a fumble recovery, and he's a guy who might make this roster because there's not a lot of depth at the bottom end of the, the quarterback depth chart, and he's a guy who has played inside and outside, again, had the fumble recovery today. I thought he played a, a nice game. Um, if Fadio to Nygbo, right, there, there's, there's a guy they added a couple weeks ago didn't do a ton in the box score. I think he. I'm looking at it now. One TFL, two tackles. But to me, and and the the snap, the reps when I was focused on him, really, really impressive first step. Like you know, exploded into the backfield, got some you know, got some pressure on the quarterback. This is a guy who had seven sacks a couple years ago, so he's not exactly a slouch. I think his biggest issue is going to be the fact that this defensive line is so deep, he's going to have a hard time making it. But just based off this first game. You know, first time watching him in a Jets uniform. Um, again, uh, other than the TFL, he, he just really good first step. So I think he's a guy that's going to be somebody, you know, worth keeping an eye on. And uh, Michael Clemens, I thought, looked good early on. Uh, a couple of pressures got in the backfield that, you know, the extra weight didn't seem to slow him down at all. So um, I liked what I saw from him. So the guys up front, whether it's, you know, a, a better-known guy like Clemens, uh, Desmond Alexander only had a couple tackles, The uh, another UDFA had a pit. Who uh, again, anyone who's not a starter on this line already or a well-known guy is going to have a hard time sticking. but they, uh, they did some good things, but as you said, I, I, I did think Zaire Barnes was a little too over aggressive um, playing with his hair on fire. like you, you like to see that aggressive mentality out of a linebacker, but you also have to play under control. and I felt like uh, he missed a couple of opportunities with some with being a little bit too aggressive.
0: Good day for Greg Zerline and Thomas Morstead, too. Morstead had five punts for 246 yards, averaged almost 50 yards a punt. And Greg Zerline, three for three, a long of 54. So that was nice to see. On the Browns' side, really what stood out to me was how effective they were rushing the ball. John Kelly got the majority of the touches early on, 10 carries, 42 yards. Dimitri Felton, seven carries for 46 yards. Dorian Thompson Robinson, though, I thought was the star of this game for the Browns. Six carries for 36 yards and then throwing the ball 8 of 11, 82 yards and a touchdown. He looked confident. He looked poised. Now you could see there were times where he's going to need development. A few throws didn't really look good. They sailed. One went at a receiver's feet. But he's the kind of guy that you take late in a draft and try to develop into something over the course of a couple of years. That's never a bad thing to have on a roster. I noticed Sean Watson's young. He's a guy with a big contract, and he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. But you know how it goes, Glenn. With quarterbacks, you can never have enough capable ones because you never know what could happen.
1: No, you can exactly. And and DTR is a guy who I loved at UCLA electric player i actually shot out a tweet it's funny i'd forgotten i'd even forgotten until tonight that the browns added him and then when he came in the game i thought oh you know dtr i forgot where he went and when he had that that the run play where he got out in front and blocked, I recalled right away. I thought, you know what? I saw him do that a couple times last year. And I went into my highlight archive from last year's games and looked up my my DTR folder and bang right away. You know, I was able to find a couple plays where he hands the ball off, gets out in front of Zach Charbonnet and, and hits a linebacker or a safety like that dude is not afraid to get after it. And I listen nothing is going to rally a team around a quarterback, like seeing him get out in front and block somebody because it's just not something you see in today's game, but he, he did it in college. You saw it again today. I'm sure if he gets to a certain status, they'll stop him. They'll tell him he's not allowed to do that anymore, but uh, you love the heart. I think I read somewhere that he, he threw the, the, the fastest, um, the fastest measured pass at the combine, if I'm not mistaken, uh, thompson robinson so he's got a cannon he can run he he plays with the mentality that you absolutely love to see out of a quarterback so cleveland got themselves a really really interesting football player and, and he he was the best player on the field tonight by a wide margin
0: glenn i thought it was a nice touch during the broadcast when they were talking to a bunch of the players that are getting inducted into the hall of fame on saturday we saw darrell revis and joe klecko Darrell Revis was told that Bill Belichick once said about him that there wasn't a player that they geared their offense away from more than Darrell Revis, and Revis seemed legitimately touched by that comment. Said that he was choked up because he knows how seriously Bill Belichick takes football, and if he's saying that Darrell Revis is the guy that he feared the most of all the players that Bill Belichick's gone up against in his many years in football, it tells you something about his own standing in. In the sport it's certainly true Bill Belichick's not going to pepper guys with Compliments for no reason he's not that Type so if you're Darrell Revis, You should take that to heart it's an enormous Compliment I like the story that DeMarcus Ware told about When he got drafted apparently Bill Parcells wanted Sean Merriman who was awesome Out of the gate for the Chargers but then Fell off a cliff with injuries and we found Out about the steroids and all that stuff But Parcells was overruled By Jerry Jones the owner of the Cal Boys who wanted DeMarcus Ware and they had a bet for a dollar the bet was that DeMarcus Ware had to average eight sacks a season for the first three years or Parcells would consider him a bust and a bad pick Ware averaged 12 sacks a season those first three years and Jerry Jones ended up presenting DeMarcus Ware with that one dollar which I thought was awesome Zach Thomas talked about how Jimmy Johnson is going to induct him into the Hall of Fame. It's kind of funny, by the way, Glenn, because we know that there's that relationship between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson where there was always clashing and there was always arguing over who was more responsible for that Cowboys dynasty. So the fact that Jimmy Johnson is inducting Zach Thomas on the same weekend that Jerry Jones will be there inducting Demarcus Ware is pretty amusing to me. But also, when I see Zach Thomas and he says the only guy that should induct me into the Hall of Fame is Jimmy Johnson, I think about Mike Westhoff and how it would be fun for Mike Westhoff to induct Zach Thomas. Remember, there's a story in Mike Westhoff's book where he talks about doing a practice and Zach Thomas, when he was first getting going, needed to contribute on special teams. He was a late-round pick out of Texas Tech. And at some point, Zach Thomas wasn't suited up and told Westoff he wasn't feeling great He was achy or something, and Westhoff said, that's great. You can feel achy on a plane back to Texas Tech if you're not suited up by tomorrow or whatever it was, and sure enough, Zach Thomas found a way to play through the aches and the pains, and the rest is history, so Westhoff certainly had his role in motivating Zach Thomas as well and helping him get to a Hall of Fame career, but Glenn, overall, I really enjoyed these little bits and pieces on the sideline during the game. I know some Jets fans probably didn't love it because there were some plays where they weren't paying full attention to the plays on the field. But it's a preseason game. It is Hall of Fame weekend, and two of the guys being talked to were Jets, so you can't get too mad.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I was, I was, you know, I I, I say all the time that every one of us is a hypocrite in some kind of way, and that and that was me tonight because I was not very happy. Like I understand it's a Hall of Fame game, but there were some pretty big plays going on where not not only it's not that they weren't um, fully addressing the plays they were acting as if they weren't happening like even on the zach zach wilson 57 yard bomb there wasn't a word spoken about that because tiki barber was talking and i'm thinking like and they flashed away so quickly it took me a second to realize who caught the pass but when the jets players were talking i was absolutely fine with that i had no issue with not talking about the game so i was being a little bit of a hypocrite but those stories are great and one thing that's that i like about the hall of fame induction weekend at least for me is that like I feel like the rivalry gets put aside like you just there's if you're a fan of this game, you're such a fan of what these guys had to do to get where they are. Like I hated Zach Thomas for years, but I watch him now and I see him getting emotional about sort of the pinnacle and reaching the top of the mountain, so to speak. And I'm like, I'm so happy for that dude. Like he was a great player. He just he was just a killer. And you don't want to play guys that, you know, make it. Make your team's life miserable for a decade plus But I I always enjoy the weekend And and watching the Hall of Fame speeches And some of them are just so incredible Um, And I'm really looking forward to this weekend's, Obviously with with a couple of Jets going in
0: Terrell Revis and Joe Klecko Will go in Also DeMarcus Ware Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns And of course, as I mentioned, Zach Thomas, who, if you're a Jets fan, drove you crazy for many years, but there's no denying what a great linebacker he was for the Miami Dolphins. Glenn Naughton, editor at JetNation.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets' preseason debut in 2023, the Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. They lose 21-16. But really, it doesn't matter what the final score of this game was. We were looking to see certain players' performances. Next game, we will probably see more from the actual starters, so that'll be fun. That's against the Carolina Panthers on August 12th. In the meantime, Glenn, before we get to August 12th, there's plenty that's going to be covered, both at playlikeajet.com and, of course, at Jet Nation. What's going on at Jet Nation, and what should people be looking for over the next couple of days?
1: Yeah, you, look, we're staying active. As I always say, most active inter, independent Jets message board on the web. The uh, the boards are always busy. You know, things die a little in the offseason, as you would expect. But right now, of course, things are ramping up, and people want to talk about every player and every headline. And it's great. You look, Listen, I get Twitter's a great outlet, but you go on a forum like that, and you, there's no character limit you can post links and videos and it's it's fantastic for that and of course i'm i've got jet nation radio that i do episodes throughout the week it's not a daily thing it's a whenever things come up and there's something worth worth addressing and then dylan terriman uh does Thursday nights at 6.30 along with Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. Uh, Chris is from the Draft Network, but he's a diehard Jets fan as well. So they're Thursday night at 6.30. I'm throughout the week. You can check us out on our YouTube channel. Um, you can follow me at JN Radio underscore Glenn on Twitter. And, yeah, just uh, we're just staying active with, with all the news there is to cover.
0: Make sure you check out everything that Glenn's doing over at Jet Nation. And of course, make sure you check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome all twenty two breakdowns on our channel, including Jason Brownlee. That's a hot video that you're going to want to check out. Jason Brownlee getting a lot of buzz at Jets camp. Is the hype warranted? Watch some of his college tape from Southern Miss and judge for yourself. YouTube.com dot slash play like a jet. Also, make sure you visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.